So we're going to carry on with our series looking at the one another's. This is this series of instructions in the New Testament about how we can guard and protect and nurture life and relationships and community. And so we're going to look um, this evening at an instruction that we find in uh, Romans chapter 14, verse 13. And we see the instruction at multiple places through the Bible, but I'm going to use this as our start off point. So um, this is from Romans 14, verse 13. It says this, therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or a sister. Now, I think it's helpful, and um, we're obviously taking that one verse. The whole of Romans chapter 14 um, is really is addressing a specific situation that was going on in a specific church in Rome, the Roman church. Um, and essentially what was happening was there was a dispute going on um, amongst the believers, amongst the Christians, some of whom felt that they needed to hold to Jewish food laws, um, some of whom didn't. So some felt convicted that I can only eat vegetables, you know, others didn't. Similarly, there's some, there was a difference of opinion and a way they were doing life about observance of particular um, holy days or religious days. Um, so we see, you know, in the church, the Christians had different opinions, different convictions. And, and really, Paul is speaking into that through the whole chapter. So I'd encourage you, another point, maybe take time to read that whole chapter, Romans 14, and, and see, what, um, see what Paul was going after. But essentially, he's acknowledging this is going on. And he's really making a, a plea, a charge, um, to stop the passing of judgment, to stop judging one another, um, and actually to have some mutual acceptance and kindness towards one another. Um, so I think it's worth acknowledging that the, the context that he was speaking into, um, the, the thing that they were disagreeing with one another about, and the thing that they were passing judgments on one another about, wasn't primary doctrinal truths. It wasn't issues of righteousness or morality. You know, it really was secondary issues. So in you know, holy days, you know, food laws, what you eat, drink, what you don't eat and drink. You know, those, they were, they were secondary. There were different opinions, different convictions. Um, and it's worth noting that nowhere in this chapter does Paul say, listen, you all need to figure out the way. You need to agree you know, either we observe these days or we don't. Either we follow these food laws. He doesn't say you have to agree and all do the same thing. His appeal is in your difference, you just need to stop judging. Um, so I don't think there's anywhere that it's saying, listen, we shouldn't, as the body of Christ, have we shouldn't have not different opinions, different convictions, different way that we do things in these secondary issues. So, you know, for us, you know, now that might look like, you know, how well, how do we organize church? You know, what, what do our gatherings look like? You know, do we have elders or not? How do we, how do we share communion together? Um, do you tithe before tax or after tax? You know, and maybe it's not stuff, maybe about in the church context, maybe it's about, you know, politics. Um, maybe it's about, you know, how am I going to parent my kids? How am I going to spend my money? What are their particular ways that I'm going to build my lifestyle? Uh, listen, in those secondary issues, um, we're going to see things differently. We're going to have different opinions and you may have a different conviction about, you know, what's the best way for you to do um, life or finances or relationships than I do. Um, and, and so what Paul is saying here is, listen, you don't have to all agree, but what you're doing with your conviction is way off and you've got to stop the judging. So here's the thing I think what he's saying is, listen, for these kind of things, absolutely have an opinion, absolutely have a conviction and it's okay if it's different to mine. But what we mustn't do is let our opinion slide into making a judgment about other people. And I, I think the difference is, is judgment, I think, is when my opinion gets, it gets solidified 
and it, and it actually becomes a value statement that I make about somebody else or something else. And, and it's usually negative. Let's be honest about it, right? Judgments we make are normally negative. So it's like I have an opinion, it gets completely solidified and, I, and then it, it's this value blanket statement that I make over somebody else. And it's, it's like it's this, I form it as an immovable. It's like this definitive decree that I make, a pronouncement almost that I make over somebody or something um, that that boxes them in, you know, puts them in a box, in a category. Um, and, and almost always it, it then trickles into actually how I would see their value, their worth, their significance is, is determined by that. Um, and this is what was happening in the Roman church over these particular issues of food and, and these religious days. Because, you know, Paul says, listen, let the one who eats um, not despise the one who abstains and let the one who abstains don't judge the one who eats. So he's not saying all eat or all abstain. He's saying, whichever you do, stop despising and stop judging. That's the mess and the muddle that the Roman church had got into. Um, and listen, let's be really honest. We can do the exact same thing. We can f- trip up and fall into be, you know, despising other people and judging other people. And so often where that comes from and, and the sort of the driver behind it is, if we're honest, is about me making myself feel a bit better. You know, I'll, you know, I'll judge you or be belittling or despising of you and a choice you've made or an opinion you hold so that I feel a bit more justified. I feel vindicated um, with my position. You know, it's like, it's like this dividing everything up into I'm right and you're wrong. I'm better, you're less than. And it, it's this, it comes from this way of we've kind of this need we have to somehow carve up the world and people and separate beha- people and behaviours into groups that are good or bad, right or wrong, you know, worth my time, not worth my time. And it, like, it just gets really clunky and unhealthy. Um, and I think it's really worth acknowledging that for us um, in kind of living in our days, it's, it's never been easier to become incredibly judgmental and to, for your opinion to become this kind of immovable definite and that you then use, it's like this definite fortress that I live in and you know, I just come out to hurl, you know, uh, hurl criticism at people who maybe hold a different view. And there is a wealth of so-called, you know, information um, on the internet, you know, on the news, on social media that will back up my opinion, you know, reinforce my ideas and my judgments. Um, and, you know, and it can, if we're not careful, we can become incredibly militant and horribly tribal. Um, I, you know, I think you just just look at the news and social media, you know, particularly in America right now, but let's not pretend it's not here. The polarizing nature that we're seeing between um, people of different political persuasions, you know, different ways of doing church, um, different it, it, it's really, really the polarization that we're seeing in media, politics, the church is really concerning um, because it, it's validating and causing like this acceleration of just this horrible um, judgmental despising of other people with other viewpoints. Um, it's a different context, but, but the root of it is exactly the same. And, and, and the, the challenge is exactly what um, Paul brought to the Roman church is that actually you have to stop passing judgment on other people who might see things or do things a little bit differently to you. Um, and like I said, listen, this is not the only time we see this in the Bible. It is a repeated um, and consistent message throughout the Bible that we do not judge. And if we do, actually, we end up being judged. Let me just give you one example. This is in Matthew 7 um, from the Sermon on the Mount. It is Jesus speaking. He says, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Right? So this is a pretty, I think, a pretty clear and all-encompassing instruction. Do not judge. So, you know, it's like one of those multiple biblical instructions, which is just like, stop it. 
Like, don't do that. Do not judge. Um, and and the context, obviously, in the Roman verses, in Romans chapter 14, it was very specific. It was over a different opinion and conviction over certain ways of doing life and your sort of and doing your Christianity. Um, but he, I listen, I think even over moral issues, even over things where there is a, a standard, even over um, God's righteousness, like we, we don't fudge those things, but still, even over those things, do not judge. Right. So when it's secondary issues, different opinions, you might vote for one party, I might for the other. Do not judge. Right. But even if it's over, actually, do you know what? Right or wrong, sin or righteousness, even over those things, we still are not to judge. Um, because if we do, listen, if we choose to judge other people, what Jesus is saying here, listen, is you'll reap what you sow. Actually, what, you know, we put ourselves back under a, a kingdom where it is actually about judgment and what's earned and what's deserved. Um, and, and that's not the kingdom we live in. Um, but we, so we have to extend the kingdom that has been extended to us, which is not one of judgment. You know, so this, this judging and despising of others, it's so at odds with the gospel of grace, um, where you know, when the good news of Jesus is that I am justified through faith in the work of another nothing to do with my work but i'm justified because of the work of jesus and and actually in this kingdom mercy triumphs and trumps and silences judgment every single time that's the kingdom that i live in and that's the kingdom that i need to extend because otherwise i reap what i sow you know, it's it's not one of those verses that we need to interpret and make go back to the original greek you know jesus says don't judge or you'll be judged it's pretty simple it's pretty cut and dry i think and here's the thing, it's, it's not our place to judge. It's not just don't. It's like, like we, can't, we cannot put ourselves in that position. It's, it's not our position. It's not our place. The only one worthy and able to judge is God. Let me read you this. James 4.12 says this, There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? It's a pretty sobering question, isn't it? Sarah, who are you to think I could possibly judge my neighbor? Like, who am I? It's not my place. There's only one worthy to judge, and that's God. And he will. He will judge. The Bible's really clear about that. He will, and so we don't need to. Because here's the thing. If we're honest, you know, my judgment is based on my opinion, maybe my experience, you know, maybe sometimes on hearsay. Um, but it's ne it's never going to come from a place of fullness. Um, my judgment um, is, ha I guess it's like this. Listen, my observation of, of a person, of a behavior, of a situation, my observation may be completely accurate, right? My conviction that what somebody did or what they said was was unkind, was hurtful, was wrong, was untrue. Like my, my conviction of that might be entirely correct. But as soon as I step into making a judgment about the person because of it, I'm all the way wrong, right? So my conviction, my opinion, my experience of you might be accurate, might be completely correct. But when I step into making a judgment about you because of it, I am all the way in the wrong. Like it's not, it's not me. And I, I think this kind of, it's a battle for all of us. Like, I think, let's be really honest. It's something we all struggle with probably in different ways. And I think in part, it comes out of, um, I think a God-given part of us that actually there is there is somewhere in all of us a need for justice a need for kind of some clarity in terms of right and wrong you know what's right and what's wrong like sin and righteousness and what's black you know we we don't all want to live in the gray and actually we do we have a need and a value for justice and that's not wrong but um 
we, but when we step into positioning ourselves as judge, like we're in the wrong position because here's the thing, I don't, I don't see it all and I don't know it all. And this thing, when I judge, I do it from my opinion and my standpoint. When God judges, he does it um, from a position of absolute truth and absolute righteousness. That's where he judges from. And I don't, and I doubt that you do either, right? So it's that I see in part, Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians, we talk about prophecy, but I think, I think it applies is that, you know, listen, I, I know in part, I see in part, I will look at a situation or I will reflect on an interaction with you maybe um, from my viewpoint, like with my own particular lens and I will experience it maybe differently than somebody else. I think this is why in, um, in Matthew 7, where Jesus, if you read on in Matthew 7, after he said, do not judge, he talks about that really famous passage um, where it, about the splinter and the plank in our eyes. Like, you know, he says, you're trying to remove the plank in your brother's eye and you're not dealing with the, the splinter, the speck in your own. Um, and here's the thing, I have planks in my eyes. I don't know everything. I don't know what kind of a day somebody's had. I don't know what is going on in their life right now. I don't know maybe what particular wounds or, or um, weaknesses someone carries. Like, I don't know that, but God does. So my judgment is... is often from a place where I want to justify myself and make myself feel better or right. Um, it's always going to come from a place where I don't know and see in full. But God isn't like that. You know, God has perfect judge. He judges in truth and in righteousness, knowing all and seeing all. And he does it always with the trump card of mercy, triumphing over justice every single time. So he will judge. So we don't need to. Okay, so we need to stop putting ourselves in the position of God. That's like that's never a good idea for you and I to position ourselves there, because that's what when when we pass judgment on somebody else, that's what we're doing. We we are putting ourselves in the position of God. And the other thing is, you are putting you know the other person in a in an absolutely no win situation. You're putting them in a position where um, they can't win, they can't please you, they can't connect with you. Um, it's it's like when we make these kind of judgment statements. Um, and, and I'm sure you know you have you have thought or said these things about probably your nearest and dearest or your boss or the prime minister or like it's the sort of oh you never do a b and c you always do this she's just a blah 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 you know he he's never going to change he's it, you fill in the blank right but it's those statements you never you always he's just she's so they are judgment statements. They are making a, like, it's like, you know, judgment in a court is like this legal pronouncement. It's a decree that is settled and done, right? And it stays on the record forever. That's what we're doing when we make these statements. We're, that's what passing a judgment means. We have boxed them off. We've made this decision about them with a lens that we're looking through, which is inaccurate and is cloudy. Um, and here's the thing. When we do that, you've heard of confirmation bias, right? If, if my judgment of you is that you are unreliable and untrustworthy. And that might be based on experiences where you have let me down. This is what I'm saying. Let's be honest about our experiences. But when it moves into, I make a judgment about you, you know, they're never going to be reliable. I'm, you know, they're never going to be trustworthy. If that's the judgment I make, that is a lens that I look at you through and I'm going to see that confirmed. I'm not going to be able to see the times when you smash it. I'm not going to see the times when you do exactly what you said you're going to do when you said you're going to do it. I'm going to be heightened and alert to the times when you miss the mark again and that just confirms my judgment. See, you can't trust them, right? It's so unhealthy and it's so divisive in the body of Christ. And whether it's over, you know, a, a difference of opinion, which doesn't matter, like it, <laughs> it's not the biggest thing like it was in the Roman situation. You know, whether it's actually over bigger things, you know, 
the big issues that the, you know the church is grappling with right now any which way it's never ever ever for you and I to judge because when we do that we so often then having made that judgment we then almost move into punishment and so how I think about you how I treat you how I interact with you is determined is limited based on my judgment of you it's and it's just so unhealthy so how can we avoid it like on the one level it's like just stop it um but how can we avoid it um acknowledging it's okay to have different opinions it's okay to have slightly different convictions about how we do things it's it's good um that actually we do know that there you know god has a standard um so so how do we avoid not that letting that fall over into judgment i want to remind you of um, some of the stuff that we talked about Back in the beginning of the year when we could actually meet all together in the powerhouse on a Sunday morning in our um, series looking at human sexuality and we, we kind of really kind of focused in on that, in, listen, we're in a, where there are differences of opinion and conviction, even over something as important of human sexuality, we need to understand about status and standard, position and posture. Right. And I, I, I think this is helpful um, for us to revisit if we're going to avoid being a people who are making judgments, because here's the thing. People's status, believers, non-believers, whoever, people's status remains that they are a deeply loved child of God made in his image, whether they are living according to the standard. Now, whether the standard is God's righteous standard. And again, we're not, I'm not saying that there isn't that standard and we should sort of fudge that. Or whether the standard is actually my opinion and my conviction, which is not the same thing as God's standard. Let's just make that clear. But regardless, when someone misses the standard, it doesn't change their status, right? So we have to get better at separating out people's behavior from their value as people. Here's the behavior. Here's the person. Again, it's not that we're glossing over and we're, we're saying behavior doesn't matter and we don't challenge none of those things, but it's like I have to be able to separate out um, that your value is not on the basis of your behavior and I'm not going to make a value statement about you, a judgment, on the basis of your behavior, however difficult I might find it, right? The only correct value statement for any one of us, um, for ourselves and to, for any other person on the planet is that they are fearfully and wonderfully made and deeply loved by God. They are made in his image to bear his image. You know, whether you look at them and think, I can't see any of God's, it doesn't change this. That's their status. That is who they are, right? So it's this, their status doesn't change even if, the, even if the standard isn't being met. And then it's this idea of this pos- our position and our posture. Okay, and I don't think anywhere in the Bible is it's asking us to 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 not have a position right we we can keep our position so my position might be do you know what i disagree with you over how we might do communion over whether babies should be christened over like i can disagree with you i can disagree with your politics i can disagree with how you think um our economics should work i can disagree with how you think we should manage this covid crisis we can disagree right we can have different positions and that's okay Listen, my position might be I am hurt and offended because my humanity has just bumped straight into yours. And we've had an encounter that was unkind, unfair, painful. Like that's my position is what you did was wrong, was hurtful or vice versa. Right. We can have that position. You know, we can have a position that, listen, that is sin. Like that is outside of God's standard for humanity. We can hold that position. But our posture towards people 
cannot be one where we are despising and judging. It has to be one where we extend grace and mercy, kindness and understanding every single time. And listen, that is a high bar to reach. That is an enormously difficult standard to reach. But we live in a radically different kingdom where extraordinary things are expected of us and promised to us. Like we actually can live in this way, right? So absolutely have the position. I don't agree with your politics. I'm going to do my money differently absolutely have a different position but my posture is you are worthy of my kindness my consideration my conversation my attention you're worthy of those things because you're made in God's image so I will not judge I'm not going to put myself in the position of God and put you in a position of in a no-win situation it's just no good for any of us so it is listen it's a radically high standard um because we're living in this crazy new kingdom but it we, we need to be serious about it. And I think it, the, the things that we're going to look at over these, um, particularly in August, you know, what Phil was looking at last week about accepting one another, this is part of it. Like, actually, if we are, I can't accept you if I've judged you. And we're going to move on in following weeks to look at, um, at forgiving one another and confessing sins to one another. All really important practical ways and um, that we, we keep um, the life of the body of Christ together. Um, but all of these things, I think, are, really ways that we love one another and how we keep peace amongst ourselves as a body. Paul um, closes it out in this chapter 14 of Romans. uh, Towards the end in verse 19, he says, listen, let's make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. That kind of, it's a summing up. So he's like, listen, have different opinions, have different convictions, you know, eat those things, fine. Don't eat those things, also fine. But he's like, actually, you cannot let your conviction, he's like, and choose, make up your mind that you're not going to let those things become a stumbling block to other people. And you cannot let those things be a reason that you pass judgment on other people. So listen, there's some work to do. Paul says, let, make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification, which means laying down judgment, which means extending mercy, which means listening to one another and having space for a different lens and a different viewpoint. It means forgiving one another. It means confessing our sins to one another. But it's going to cost. It's going to be an effort. So this is how I want to finish. So listen, we have some hard work to do. There is some work to do um, as we look to be a people who will not pass judgment on one another. So I don't know about you, but I, that feels like a challenge. That feels like a, that's a high standard to reach. So um, let's just close out and, um, and take a moment just to pray for ourselves and for each other. Jesus, I want to thank you um, that we live in a kingdom that is marked by mercy and not judgment. Remind us again that we are made right with you, that we're brought close to you, not because we've got it right, not because we hold all the right ideas, not because we have all the right opinions and we've done all the right things, but because of your grace and your mercy extended to us in the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. So we are thankful. Jesus, we are thankful for your mercy. And I ask, would you help us to be a people who extend mercy? Forgive us, Lord, where we end up passing judgment on people left, right and center. Ask that you would forgive us you would cleanse us from that. And God, would you give us soft hearts? Would you give us open minds? Would you give us the ability to see and hear and receive one another um, in different ways? That we would, we would completely reject being a people who are despising and judgmental, but we would commit um, to keeping peace. We'd commit to loving one another, accepting one another, and extending mercy to one another. So Jesus, we want to walk in your ways. 
And we're so aware that we need your help in that. So Holy Spirit, come and come and fill us. Convict us where we've got it wrong um, and strengthen us to walk a different way. And we ask this in your name. Amen.